Shut up. I'm listening to the next English podcast. Welcome back to the next English podcast. How are you doing? It's good to be back and it's good to have some listeners listening live to this. Uh, this is what I always do at the beginning of these podcasts. I greet my audience because for about, I think it has been more than a year now, I have been recording most of the next English podcast episodes live. Um, why did I start? Why did I even start doing this? I guess I wanted to challenge myself a bit. I wanted to push myself in the, the way I recorded podcasts. And also, possibly, I wanted to differentiate myself from, um, you know, my podcaster colleagues, let's say, just to do it slightly differently. And I, I like this aspect of, of recording it live because uh, it can be more interactive. Now, right now, if, if you're not listening live, um, Right now, there are some people that uh, are in the chatting room here and they can basically leave any comments they want as they listen to the podcast. They can talk to each other. They can talk to me, to my guests. They can ask questions, all that kind of thing. And I think it's pretty cool if you ask me. Uh, it kind of puts more pressure on me as a podcaster, but it's, it's, it, it gets easier. The more you do it, it does get easier. Right now, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with this. So um, I think it's... It's interesting. Anyway, uh, whether you're listening live or not, thank you for listening. That's that's the first thing I should say. Also, thank thanks to any new patrons that I have. The next English podcast patrons I've noticed recently. I've got two new patrons, which is always cool. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast. And don't forget, you now have access to. Uh, the next English podcast patron only episodes, which I happen to call mini lessons. And these mini lessons, um, it's, it's uh, special content that I record for you. And it's always sort of related to um, the episode that I publish each week. So usually it's the live show. And um, that's where I explain some language from, <clears throat> from that live show. So from today's episode, or um, there should be basically a mini lesson that is tied to this episode. So usually it's it's some vocabulary I go through. Sometimes it's grammar. It could also be pronunciation. I usually pick one specific topic. So um, my guest today is actually very, very interesting. And I would say rather unexpected. That's because I was supposed to have someone else on. But unfortunately, we couldn't make it because there was a technical issue. Yeah, that's why I had to uh, ask one of um, one of my online friends to bail bail me out, you know, to help out. Uh, and as we as we know, uh, there's a saying in English: "A friend in need is a friend indeed." So hopefully he's now listening. If you are listening, um, can you call me in? Uh, okay, it's happening, everyone. So I just have to click it. Oh. I missed it. 
I had like two seconds to click something and I, I didn't. Can you tr try again, please? <laughs> I was too slow. Okay. I was too slow. Um, can you try again, please? I can't see it anymore. I can't. I, yeah. I, I, anyway, um, this is exciting, everyone, isn't it? This is what happens with technology sometimes. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'm particularly tech savvy person, but I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm useless either when it comes to technology. I mean, I've learned, I've learned a trade. I had to, I had no choice, but uh, occasionally this, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whew, thank God. Hello. Monkey. Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. Listeners, can you hear monkey? If you can hear my guest monkey, say yes. Okay. Awkward silence. Oh, thank God. The listeners <laughs> can hear, hear you, monkey. The first question. Why am I calling you monkey? You are not a monkey, are you? Are you a monkey? Well, I'd, I'd guess not. <laughs> not <laughs> entirely speak. sure. Most monkeys can't speak. Like They just produce some squeaking sound uh, noises or something, right? Random fact. There is a monkey that learned sign language. Oh really? Oh well. Yeah. They are smart. Like they're they're the smartest animals, right? Except but, humans. Uh, speaking uh, language not on their table. So I guess no, I'm not a monkey. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for that. I don't know how I would communicate with a real monkey here on the next English podcast. But um, first of all, thank you very much for making it. Your full name is actually Insane Monkey. To make it even more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want me to? Do you want me to refer to you as monkey or insane or what's what's Monkey's the best? Fine. Monkey is fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, so monkey, welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you here. Uh, it turns out we have got some more people who want to come onto the show, but unfortunately, uh, I always, uh, you know, I I don't really do that because I need to be ready. I need to speak to my guests beforehand. I need to know what the topic is going to be about and all that. So. Um, how do I know you, Monkey? How do we know each other? Uh, if I guess, we met on uh, uh, your game that you uh, produced yourself, uh, Kingdoms of Deceit. Oh, you mean the game that has never been published yet? The game that is that has been in the pipeline for the past two, uh, for the past like five, six years. <laughs> that that, that uh, game. I guess that game? game. Yeah. Yeah. Kingdoms of Deceit game. Right. I might have mentioned it to my listeners before. I think I have. Because I've also had some other uh, sort of, as we call them, regulars. That's people who keep playing the game. Um, you're one of them. Would you would you consider yourself a, a Kingdoms of Deceit regular? Uh, I generally tend to come and go when I have time. But yeah, I'd consider myself a regular. I've played a decent amount. Yeah, well, thank you for that. And um, we've had some fun together playing the game, obviously. Um, just to remind my, my listeners, it's like a bluffing game. It's like a social deduction slash um, RPG kind of game that takes um, at least two hours. So some people are not really, you know, not everyone is into it because it can get quite complex. Would you consider it complex, Monkey? Uh, I would, but that's one of the main reasons I play it. It has a lot of depth, and I've seen some insane combinations. Because mm -hmm. when you add essentially infinite uh, options, uh, you get to, up to some crazy stuff. Yeah, that, that I think that 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 thing you've just mentioned is both 
strength and weakness of this game, you know? Yeah. I, I think so because the, it's we it's a weakness because it's difficult to, for me to balance the game completely. It's difficult for me because um, it just kind sometimes gets out of control. You know what I mean. But most games are, I guess, fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, it it can have a lot of balance issues, especially if you overlook like one detail. It can yep. also have uh, issues with learning it. But once you learn it, uh, no two games are alike. So you'll oh. never like play and then you're like, ah, oh, the exact same thing happened. It's always a unique experience. Oh. Thank you very much. Now now I feel like you're one of my disciples. <laughs> one of the members of the cult that I created <laughs> or something. But it's always nice to hear compliments about my my game and thank you for playing it. And thank you for coming on as well. Um if if anybody, by the way, is interested in joining the Kingdoms of DC community, I would be super happy to to um, to teach you the game, you just have to buy a Steam game called Tabletop Simulator and then um, be prepared to learn a slightly more complex game. But it's, I think it's great for practicing English. We've got some, I've got, I've got, we've got one guy, his name is Dino T. Yeah? His English isn't even perfect. Like, it's good. I think it's really good, but it's not perfect and and he has he has been playing with us for maybe 3 years you know every day almost every day uh it's fun it's fun and it would always be nice to get more people uh, join join us right yeah i i think the community is pretty great i see a lot of the same people a lot and that yeah. makes me happy yeah because then you feel like you're part of something you've this sense of belonging or something you know um yeah I yeah, love being in a cult. <laughs> and I, in the past, I used to have some toxic people. I got rid of those, you know, that happened to uh, people who were not nice because this is gaming. We're talking about online gaming. Yeah. So, uh, well, this is a board game, everyone, by the way. It's a board game we are talking about, but it has a, its own sort of online version. Yeah. You can play it online as well with people using your microphones, practicing your English. So that's why you, as my listeners, I feel like, it would be a shame not to invite you to join us, really. And your name is Insane Monkey there. That's how I got to know you. That's why I'm not yeah. even using your real name, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I've, yeah. I've had a lot of different usernames, but for Steam, that is my main one. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fine, you know? It's easier for me. I, well. I could go into the... It's, it's a, I have a small short story about how that name came about, and it's a bit random. Yeah, go ahead. Well, we like random stuff here on the Next English Podcast. It's it's one of the things we do here, actually. It's it's a show where I tend to improvise quite a lot, uh, which makes it more authentic and more chaotic as well, <laughs> if you will. But, you know, that's who I am. So tell us your random story of how your right. Nick so, came about. Uh, me and my siblings were signing up for a game, basically, or like making you accounts for a game. I think it was Xbox or something. And I had literally no idea what to make my username. And I was just sitting there waiting, just like dreading the possibility because I would consider myself a bit indecisive. Yeah. And I was jumping around, deciding, like pacing about. And my sister told me to calm down because I was acting like an insane monkey. <laughs> and I just, it just clicked in my head. Yeah, that's the name. That's it. <laughs> that's quite, that's not that random, actually. It makes a lot of sense, yeah. you know. It, 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 say yeah. that they, their Nick has got such a such a beautiful story behind it. It's it's a fun story. So I guess the credit goes to my sister for the name. Yeah. Well, 
Credit to your sister. Well done, monkey's sister. Well done to the whole monkey family. <laughs> uh, my name is Zdenek on Steam, so that's not very uh, original, <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's a unique name. It is a unique name, yes. It's, it seems that someone thinks in the chat that I have got a German accent, which I don't think I do, but um, it's okay. I think someone is uh, listening randomly to us. So welcome, Miss America, uh, listening to us. Um, no, I am from the Czech Republic, and what you can hear is um, um, a Czech person trying to imitate a British accent, let's say, okay? So obviously it's not perfect, but who is perfect, right? Anyway, um, no, please. I mean, no, I can't have you. Geography-wise, yeah. uh, Britain and uh, Czechia, right in between them is Germany, so close enough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Uh, okay, so um, monkey, um, let's talk about let's talk about you. So I didn't invite you on to talk about um, kingdoms of deceit and gaming because I feel like um, there is uh, there is more to you than just that. <laughs> and uh yeah because i know i know um you have got quite an interesting story to tell when it comes to learning um learn, learning languages because well I, i think my listeners can guess that you sound you sound super fluent in english and uh, they might think you're a native speaker actually so um are you a native speaker i was born in the u.s but uh I'm uh, actually Egyptian. Ah, so you are an uh, 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 what we call American Egyptian. Would that be correct? Uh, I'd guess, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be the correct term. Yeah, someone who uh, I was born there, but my heritage is. I think there was like a DNA test or something. I think both my parents are like ninety nine percent Egyptian. So okay. <laughs> uh, okay but okay well but uh, what about your parents so they came from they c- came from egypt they sort of uh immigrated right yeah i think my mom was already living in the u.s for a while mm-hmm. but uh my dad was born in egypt and raised there completely okay well that's that's super cool that's super cool and uh so so what's what's interesting uh for me is to find out how you were learning english so did your parents Did your parents speak to you English or not, or, or Arabic? Yeah, both my parents speak English, uh, I'd say fluently. Uh, I assume, I don't know how they learned it, but uh, I was raised yeah. in the U.S., and I went to American schools where I learned English for about the first eight years of my life, or seven years mm-hmm. of my life, mm-hmm. and it kind of just stuck with me. Yeah. And I like reading a lot, so I just increased my vocabulary on my own, and yeah. it just kind of spiraled. So you, you sort of learned in a natural way because yeah. at that age you were super young. So yeah. you sort of you sort of pick I it up. I absorbed the information. Yeah, like, like a sponge. A, like a sponge. Yeah, I just wanted to say like a sponge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Um, but um, so you, you went to, to so I, I assume you went to school in the USA, but uh, you kind yeah. of then you kind of went back to Egypt. Or what's the story? Yeah. Uh, Basically, uh, for the first, like, I want to say uh, eight years of my life or something around there, yep. I lived completely in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, and I would occasionally take, like, a trip to Egypt, like, every, like, summer or something. Yep. But uh, at a certain point, my parents decided 
to predominantly move back to Egypt. Mm-hmm. And I started going to school there. And yes. there was some adjustment, but now I live there and I'm at least going to finish uh, my uh, uh, preliminary schooling there. Okay, lovely, lovely. Um, so, um, so English wasn't an issue for you. Like we can, we can hear it. Like it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. It came naturally. Yeah. 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 But, um, you, you mentioned to me earlier when we were talking before the podcast that it's actually Arabic that you had some difficulties learning. And, um, also would it be the acclimatization on the whole? Because you had, to learn, to be in in a new country as well and yeah different culture you know different environment and all that i'd say yeah uh in arabic is if you know the language at least it is completely different from english in mm-hmm. most ways except uh i'd say numerical systems it mm-hmm. still uses the same like decimal systems and stuff but if you uh the you read right to left the yeah. gram- the grammar is different. They use different letters. A lot of the sounds that English has and Arabic, they don't share a lot of the same sounds. So I'd mm-hmm. equate it to like Russian versus uh, English or something along those lines, yeah. where there's just n- very little similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. You mentioned the 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 uh, the, the numbers, right? Uh, the numerical system. You actually it actually using Arabic numbers, right? We we, we call yeah, it that. Yeah, Arabic numerals are I here guess in Europe, what spread in through the world. Yeah, yeah, here in Europe, let's say, and 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 other parts of the world, of course. Um, so so um, what was the most difficult thing for you about that kind of transition that you have had to make or that move? Honestly. Probably trying to socialize. I had a lot of friends here in the U.S. and I'm still friends with most of them. And yeah. I visit them in the summer. But it's been a lot harder for me to uh, uh, meet people, especially with the language barrier. I was, yeah. At school, of course, I had friends where I would like talk and sit with. So I wasn't some kind of loner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely had friends, but yeah. uh, not to the same degree. Uh, is it is it the case that when you're younger you are judged a bit more for your language abilities and you you could be sort of like almost marginalized in the society right or in in let's say if you've got some sort in of... school even now i'm kind of referred to as the american even though i'm 100% english or like okay. 100% i mean arabic uh okay. in like blood and heritage but mm-hmm. i'm referred to as the american basically okay okay Okay. And well, how does how that I'm make like you to people? Right. So, how does it make you feel then? Uh, it's it's a bit weird for me, but honestly, at this point, it just kind of rolls off. It's whatever. It's yeah. like a defining trait about me because if you want to describe someone, you tend to use the you know most strange feature. Yeah, exactly. And not not and there's very few people in that uh, area who are who were born in the U.S. So I am the American, I guess. Yeah. And, well, it uh, also yeah. depends how how they sort of when they talk to you when they say that thing. How do they mean it? Is it done in I a way? Th- that... I would like to say neutrally. Uh, yeah. They're just saying it as like just like a description. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's American, uh, but yeah. I'd consider myself Arab as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's cool because you. I'm sure it happens in some cases around the world that someone might be picked on. You know, at that age when you're very young. Children can be quite, let's say, ruthless, right? Um, I, to each other. 
I got my fair share of them making fun of my, especially my Arabic accent. I mm-hmm. speak with a bit of uh, broken Arabic, especially with a lot of the sounds that I can't replicate because okay. my uh, I'm uh, predominantly English speaking. Yeah. So I, I do face uh, some suffering every time I try and uh, speak <laughs> and I, you know, mispronounce a word here or there. Yeah. But I feel like that's pretty common for new mm-hmm. languages. Yeah. But I feel like it's, it's a huge problem uh, when le- trying to learn a new language. Yeah, because like you're di- you're different, like whatever it is, you know, it's just what kids do. It's like you can't, like it's wrong. The parents should tell their kids that they should yeah. be nice to each other, all that. But it's just one thing that kids do, right? It's just kids will be you, kids. Yeah, kids will always be kids, right? Uh, so, um, well, it's it's important to know that you weren't really bullied or anything, because that that would be the worst. Because, but you you obviously made a lot of effort to learn Arabic as well, and I think this is the most this is the most important thing. If people see effort and uh, improvement and progress. I think there's no reason ultimately, you know, not to accept you as one of as yeah. one of your as one of uh, your own, right? I think it's also more of a personal barrier because I feel like every time I try and speak broken Arabic, most of the people around me they're very like supportive of it and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'll help you with Arabic. I'll help you." Yeah. Cuz they're they're genuinely trying to help me get better at it, but personally yeah. I feel embarrassed trying to speak it. And I feel like I that's a huge problem with people learning new languages, I where see. they don't feel confident enough to speak it. And if you don't speak it, you won't get better. You know, this is exactly why I wanted you to be on the podcast, to talk about this, because I think it's possible that my listeners can really strike a chord with this. They can identify with this. They might have been through it because they are English learners. I know there are some native speakers listening to this right now, but I, I think m- the vast majority of uh, the, um, the listeners of the next English podcast are English learners. So, um, it's fantastic to hear from someone like you because, you know, it's, it's what happens in life, right? But, um, j- just, it's just about making an effort to learn the language and, uh, it, it's, it's bound to get better, right? It has to. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a, just something you have to push through in the beginning. Where I, like, that's why uh, I feel like uh, learning a language at a younger age is much easier because Mm -hmm. children don't care if they're embarrassed or whatever. They'll just try and speak the language. And since they go to school there, they're forced to use the language. So kids learn faster in that case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For adults, they usually will have like friends who speak their language, so they won't use it as much. That makes sense. And you're right in saying that because... uh... Yeah, I think that the older you get, I think you develop an ego as well, I think. Wouldn't you say? Like there's more ego, it's like you get embarrassed more easily, you're you get more self-conscious and kids just don't care. They just play around, you know. They they no? have no inhibitions basically yeah. since they they don't know different. They're like, "Oh yeah, uh, I'll say this word and it might and they don't care if it sounds bad or not. They're just saying the word." But an mm-hmm. adult will think, uh, am I mispronouncing this? Will I look bad? The thoughts run through their head. But kids don't care about that, so they get better at yeah. the language. Yeah, no, absolutely. As long as you can get past that potential bullying aspect, which can unfortunately happen to uh, you're strong enough or, or you've, you've got good friends to help you get through this. I mean, I've, it must be an, a great experience. Because now, you know what? Now you speak two languages, uh, really well and that's priceless right yeah i'd say it's pretty valuable 
yep. to have more than one languages. And I heard that uh, a lot of people can snowball this effect, where once mm-hmm. you learn like three or four languages, learning more becomes easier. And, I, and I've heard of people who learn like 10 languages by the end of it. And I feel yeah. like that'd be really cool to do. Yeah, absolutely. They are called polyglots. Polyglots, yeah. And you're absolutely right. Apparently, like the more you know, the easier it gets. And then it just comes down to, do I have enough time to practice all the languages I can speak? And that's the only thing that stops people from like learning 100 languages, I think. Because they, they have the potential to do it at that point because they know all the learning strategies. They know how. You know, they uh, they find it easy. They they find patterns in languages. Uh, it's just it just gets easier with every single new language they learn. But I think the only thing that is stopping them is that you don't have enough time to to just speak and practice all those languages, right? So that's why I think that's the only thing that's stopping someone from learning like hundreds of languages. I would say that's my theory anyway. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to uh, share like a small story I heard. It's a bit anecdotal, but I'm sure there's evidence of it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this one lady, I believe, who at like 80 years old, she managed to learn like nine new languages or 11 new languages or something. Wow. So it's so if you're old, it doesn't. You can still learn new languages. You just need to get over those initial steps. If someone mm-hmm. who's 80 years old can uh, break their ways and learn like. Eight, nine new languages why can't someone in their 30s or 20s or whatever age you are yeah because everyone makes excuses you see i'm an english teacher so i know this Uh, i i hear it every single day people are making excuses why they shouldn't study why they shouldn't do more stuff why they shouldn't go the extra mile like in, in terms of their language learning it's it all really boils down to being motivated and and um uh, allocating enough time to practice that language because without practice you can't really get anywhere you know so uh, a lot of excuses everyone has a lot of excuses which is normal you know we are all the same Um, for example lately I've noticed that I do tend to procrastinate a lot which bothers me really but (laughs) you know it's a phase. I think uh, yeah. one of the Go best on. things you can do with stuff like this is somehow make it a routine. Uh, yeah. I'm guilty of this myself, where if you're just not in the habit of doing something, you tend to forget it. But mm-hmm. like, if you say you brush your teeth every day for five years, eventually you'll just go to brush your teeth without thinking about <laughs> it. Like that, you know what I mean? That's, that's true, yeah. But so if you practice like an hour a day of English or something, or like even like 20 or 30 minutes a day, maybe at the same time, like 8 o'clock or something, mm-hmm. uh, it'll eventually become a habit where just every time you see 8 o'clock, you're like, oh, time to study English. Or exactly. time to do work or whatever. Well, and I me, feel like that's a really healthy thing to get. No, absolutely. It is about forming a habit. But to be to be honest, um, sometimes it's difficult to form a habit. Like it's even like, why why don't people exercise more? Why? Because it's difficult to start because... Um, it just is, you know. So I think the yeah. key is the key thing is you need to find you need to find it enjoyable for yourself. You need to find a way that it is enjoyable that you have fun with it. It mustn't be so. And then then you've got this sort of uh, the learning language might have a stigma attached to it, a stigma that it can be boring because we, when we we had that foreign foreign language teacher when we were kids. 
that was boring. We were, we had, we were tested. We had to do tests. We had, we had to embarrass ourselves speaking in front of others. We would suck at learning the language. A lot of people have this kind of memory in them as well. And that's why it's often difficult to get past this, but learning English can be fun guys can be a lot of fun. I, I, I mean, my listeners know it because, you know, they, they are all um, people that know, that know how to learn, you know, they know. They've been learning English for a long time because this is not a podcast for beginners, right? We speak at, we speak at a very fast pace and we use the vocabulary we use is advanced, really. Okay, uh, so going back to you, Monkey. Habits. You um, mentioned... Uh, yep. Oh, yeah, me. Go on. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what do you want to know? Uh, everything. Uh, Tell us everything. <laughs> everything? Tell us a monkey business. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well uh, I, uh, if we're, uh, while we're on the topic of languages, you mentioned foreign teachers. I have <laughs> French is mandatory in my school. And foreign it's language mandatory. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. for, as an extra language. You're not allowed to like pick yep. your language. I have to learn French. And I, I, I can do it written. I can't pronounce a word of French. I can like pass it, I guess, but I cannot find any enjoyment in learning the language. I think because it's forced and that when you have a test score attached to something, it reduces your enthusiasm for it. Exactly. And also when you're at school, that's how it was for me. I'm not speaking for everyone, but it was like this. I was at what I guess in England, they would call a grammar school. Yeah. So I went to that type of school and we had a lot of subjects there and um, it was just so many subjects and each and every teacher had uh, demands on us and were, um, required us to uh, uh, basically um, study for their subject and then um, you would just pick those that you enjoy, you know, you would just it's not possible that you enjoy all of them because ultimately you pick those teachers that you like for some reason, you know, maybe they are, they have uh, charisma or they're funny or, or they just know how to teach or there's something about them. Right. So personally, well, always for me, it was always PE physical education was number one. And English wasn't even number two because my number two subject at school was always history. I just had such a charismatic teacher, such a charming teacher who just, he was, he was amazing. You know, he would tell us stories and, and explain everything. And uh, it was fun and funny. So that was for me. But if for some people, like if language learning is sidelined, then it might become a problem and it will come back to bite you. Actually, guys, it will backfire on you because we're living in in the world with globalized, right, monkey? And these yeah. days, it's really important to, to at least to speak English. And even if you can speak like more languages, it's always going to make a huge difference in your life. It's going to open a lot of doors for you. Yes. Um, so, so, so you are struggling with Arabic a little bit. So, what would be yeah. the what would be the most difficult, let's say? Thing is it the fact that you have to write from from the right to the left, or is it reading the sound right to or? left uh, throws me for a loop uh, every <laughs> single time I try yeah. and read Arabic. I always start left to right because that's how I'm used to doing it, and then yeah. I realize that the words make no sense because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all backwards. Yeah. And 
the structure is different because like letters will change depending on where they're used. And in mm-hmm. English, you don't see that. It's very like standardized. At least the letters are, even yeah. if the sounds are not. So writing it is very difficult compared to English. So are you referring to the word order? Because there is a fixed word order in English, yeah? So it's what we call, teachers call it swamped. Subject, verb, object, uh, and then adverbials of uh, manner, place, and time. Yeah, that would be like the standard word order in English. So how is it in Arabic then? It's uh, about the same grammar. Like that grammar aspect is uh, similar when you're speaking. But when mm-hmm. you're writing, uh, the letters themselves change depending where they're used. Oh like if God. you use a letter at the beginning of the word versus at the end of the word, it completely changes how it looks in many cases. So just learning the letters is becomes, I'd say, like three times more difficult because you have I to see. learn three times as many letters. I see. And that m- trips me up a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I have taught a lot of Arabic students in the past, actually. Um, and... Um, it's also the sounds, right? It's also the it's like they're using this sound. Oh, is it? that that is the that is exactly the sound I was speaking about earlier. Yeah. Where I said there's some sounds it is incredibly difficult for me to produce because I mm-hmm. learned English first and it is that sound particularly that it I have to struggle and yeah. take my time in order to make that sound because it comes like from the bottom and the back of your throat. It does, yeah. It's also uh, I have difficulty rolling my Rs. That comes up like a few words, but it comes up a lot in Spanish. So it's hard mm-hmm. for me to also pronounce any Spanish words if I try to do that. Yeah. Well, if we talk so specific... it's the different sounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we talk specifically about Arabics, uh, Arabic, so um, so it, would it be in words like halas or is it, you know, halas yeah. it means like finish, yeah, and end finished, or something. Yeah, finished. Yeah. Halas. And, uh... Or something. That means I finished uh, or I finished my food, even if I think I worded that a bit strangely. If there's anyone who knows Arabic listening, they might turn their head at it. <laughs> the reason I know but, this word uh, is because I have like I've heard it so many times from my students used in different ways. And I just picked this one up. Khalas, it's just it can be so useful. I would always, or I'm done. Sometimes I would just or, sort of joke around with my students as done. well. Yeah, when when the lesson when the lesson um, finished, you know, I would just say halas and everybody was uh, laughing, sort of like laughing, not laughing, but like it, it, they found it amusing that I they, was yeah, attempt, they attempting to speak, speak their it. language. It made them smile. It put smiles on their face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's uh, something really nice to do because uh, it means that you're paying attention to them and it. I think it really like might have improved their time. Yeah, yeah, we we had a good time together. I mean, we were cool students. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, okay. Well, um, so what else can we can we talk about, Monkey? Is there anything else that we could talk about? I recently had an English teacher who, yeah. uh, uh, like, I don't need help in English. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> since I'm a native speaker in a foreign language, or like in a foreign country, the English is generally easier than i need to you know yeah. use but her she was like just enjoyable to talk to mm-hmm. uh she actually got me into uh do you know what the model united nations are the model united nations Tell us. uh it's it's basically it's called mun where uh essentially uh you are assi- you are assigned a committee in a country uh mm-hmm. usually randomly or you get some preference in it 
So let's say you're stuck on the Human Rights Council, for instance. Oh. Uh, you might get a country like uh, Czechia, for instance. Why not? Yeah. Uh, or the Czech Republic. Uh, you <laughs> have to go, and they'll give you problems that the UN might face, like uh, uh, declining women's rights in whatever, or uh, forced marriage is one that okay. I've seen a lot. Yep. Uh, you'll get topics like those because you're the Human mm-hmm. Rights Council, and you'll have to think of solutions and like present resolutions like they would at the actual UN. And you have to yeah. use the proper procedure, and you have to speak clearly and use the right language. Yeah. Like you're not allowed to refer to yourself with personal pronouns. You have to use the delegate of Czech of the Czech Republic. You're not allowed to yeah. say I, which trips a lot of people up. And the and the people who are like moderating the event will call you on it every single time. Basically, what uh, you are saying is that your teacher got you involved in this, and it's like a kind of an it's extra. Fun. It's an extracurricular thing, but it's like it's not. Yeah. It's it, yeah, but it's like super important. And well. I, I see a lot, and you use English a lot in it, and it's pretty fun. And uh, but the thing, and the biggest thing is you have to do it from your country's perspective. So you also learn a lot about the world because you have to right. do a lot of research on your country. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, I had Uruguay in one conference. I know a lot about Uruguay for some reason now. And that's kind of cool for me. Okay. Well, wait, but are you paid for this? So is this your job as well? Um, it's it's not paid. Uh, usually, uh, uh, the, we actually, uh, it's not a job. It's like an extracurricular activity where we just go to do it. Uh, like you dress volunteer. up in like a nice suit and you go to yep. either your school or another school. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, present what you do and they have like awards at the end of it and like honorable mentions. And yep. I just find it really enjoyable because we also have yep. fun with it where we'll like have breaks in the middle where we'll do dumb stuff like dance and like just listen mm-hmm. to music and stuff. Yep. So I, I just really enjoy, especially the community aspect where I get to, I've met a lot of interesting people in other schools and I'm actually probably still in contact with a few of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I love the social aspect of, of it above all. Yeah, and I'm sure so, I'm sure this will come you in in a good stead. Um, basically, you will it will be a, a string to your bow on your CV. It's going to really, you know, oh, you're gonna yeah. put it on your CV, absolutely. <laughs> and of course, it might I help am. you in the future uh, with looking for a job and all that. I've actually uh, that's another reason I joined it. Uh, I'm thinking about the future and stuff like that. And it's actually a kind of a big thing in certain parts of, let's say, the states. So let's say I go to college in the States. There's actually some major colleges which have their own model United Nations. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember reading somewhere that, you know, Harvard has their own model United Nations. Yeah. So it's a big thing in certain parts of... Okay, I think you... I think you... Are you there, monkey? Yeah. I think you disconnected for a bit, but while uh, we are waiting for you to come yeah. back, I would just... Am okay, I back? you're back. I just wanted to correct Sorry. myself. I, I said I said that this would come you in good stead, and I just realized it, <laughs> the the phrase is it would stand you in good stead. Yeah, which is an interesting phrase. Yeah, I, I'm just correcting idioms myself. Are idioms are always well. fun. I love I love idioms. Speaking of idioms, if anybody is interested in my Discord group that I have called Learning English Online, which you can all by the way join. Um, I've got an event, a regular event there called the Insane Idiom Hour, which I host every Friday. Anyone can join. And the purpose of this is that we basically speak to each other in English about anything really, you know, about our lives. We just, there's like, we are just sort of 
just you know having fun. It's a, a lot about banter, but also we are trying to use as many idioms as we can in a natural way. So I think it's a pretty cool event. If uh, anybody is interested, please join my Discord group. There's a link on my website, teachersdenek.com. Uh, and um, um, yeah, so. Wow, insane and idioms. I'm great for segues. Yeah, you're always welcome, by the way, monkey. You're always welcome. Uh, that, that I might check that out later. But yep. uh, that it sounds like it would be fun to use as many idioms as possible. The yeah, the problem you... with that is anytime I try and think of one, I come up short. But then when I'm just using normal conversation, I say like thirty. You know, you, you say that, but you've just said I come up short, which is <sighs> kind of That's idiomatic. exactly what I'm talking about. I use <laughs> idioms in regular conversation so much. That when I try and think of them, I just draw a blank, and that's another idiom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that's that's going to be fun. It, it, it's just the the thing is like you can talk about anything there. You get to know interesting people as well, uh, language learners from all around the world. Very high level language learners, by the way. We always have regulars, just like in Kingdoms of DC. We have got regulars who always join the event, and uh, some of them are listening live right now. Some of them Hello. have been on my podcast as guests, so um, anyone can really join the event if you're interested. Uh, Zidemic, to, to reverse it a bit, I remember someone asking uh, if you were from Great Britain. I think you lived there for a while. How was your I experience did. adjusting to I that? I did, I did. Well, thank you very much. I don't get this enough. You know, my guests don't really ask me that many questions. Uh, thank you for that. Um, well, I have lived there twice. Um, um, when I was in my early twenties, that was the first time. That's a long time ago now. That's uh, basically where I worked at a construction site in London, in Romford, which is like the east part. Um, the ling- the accent that they speak there is Cockney, which was cool. So my boss was Cockney, and um, they used the Cockney rhyming slang to tease me occasionally. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I didn't really understand much at that point, but I improved a lot as well. And when I came back after one and a half years, I came back to the Czech Republic. I knew I wanted to study English and English teaching. I knew it because I fell in love essentially with the language. Uh, that was my first time. And um, um, after graduating from a university, I started working as a teacher here in the Czech Republic. And I always wanted to um, become um, a teacher that can make a difference. And uh, I always enjoyed teaching foreigners more than teaching Czech people. I'm sorry to say that. I know I've got some Czech people listening to this and I'm so sorry, but it's just because it's more diverse or it's just, there's this added element that I, there is no way I can speak. Um, if, if I don't speak that language of, of the, of the student that I teach, there's no way I can, I can use the mother tongue like I can with the, with the, with my Czech students. So that's why, so, so I started working here in the Czech Republic for a school where I only taught foreigners, uh, only foreigners. So from Arabic countries, from China, like, uh, ESL, Russian. basically, like English um, as a second language. Yeah, something like that. But they were mostly very high level. Yeah, so I had that like yeah. advantage immediately. That was cool. Um, but oh, I want to say that's a cool way to think about it, where you don't have the same crutch, where you can't speak your native language. You have to use your learned. To be to be honest, whenever I teach um, students from the Czech Republic, which I do have some private students, I don't really use Czech at all. Yeah, that's my method. That's my 
um, sort of mantra that's uh, the principle that I stick to. It's, it could be slightly controversial because in ESL, which is say, uh, like in ELT, sorry, in English language teaching, you've got different approaches. But I would say the predominant one is that you should learn the language in the target language. But then these days, there ha- there's this kind of tendency to shift back to, to go back to like using the mother tongue a little bit too. But I'm against it. I'm completely against it. But anyway, just going back to your question. Sorry if the answer is too long, by the way. But I, I, did, go, I did go to England as an English teacher, knowing what I was doing right at that point, knowing how to speak English, knowing how to teach. And I went back and um, worked for two different language schools there. And it was, it, there, there was this moment for me, very important moment in my career. Will I be able to make it? Because I had some self-doubts. My listeners know it because I, I started this podcast before that happened. So they know that uh, all, the, all the thoughts that went through my head at that point. Because as a non-native English teacher, uh, it's just a bit... It's just a bit crazy, right, to go to England and teach English there, even though you don't teach the English themselves, you teach the, the foreigners. But still, uh, why would anyone want to learn from me? You know, uh, why wouldn't they learn? Why wouldn't they prefer learning from a native speaker? So I had to get past that. But what was that? So some flicking through a book or something. <laughs> uh, I think there might be some interference on my side. Let me yeah, try okay. and uh, fix everything. Sorry. No, it's all right. It's all right. I'm about to finish. Maybe it's, it's taking too long. Uh, so, so yeah, I made it as an English teacher and I worked there in England for almost a year and it was cool. And now, now I had to go back, but I think, I think I will, it's, it wasn't the last time. I think I will, I will go back eventually. Uh, I'll round out this uh, episode of the podcast Please by do. saying... <laughs> I, I enjoy that it all came full circle, you know, uh, yeah. how you mentioned specifically that uh, you don't speak their mother tongue with them because they need to use their English more because mm-hmm. they need to get adjusted to it. Because if you don't practice the language, it won't uh, you won't learn. It's the yeah. exact same as my point with Arabic, where I wasn't speaking it a lot. So I wasn't learning and I wasn't making progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it all also, came full circle. Yeah, it also comes down to teacher because the teacher has to create the right learning environment because some teachers can be intimidating as well. You know, I, I believe most teachers aren't, but you just need to know the the, the psychological aspect of, of language learning and, and you need to empathize with your students as well. Uh, you, you need to know that this is difficult. You need to be there for your students when they have difficulties. You know, you need to be on their side and and if you can do that, then um, then your students will be comfortable learning the language and they will not be afraid to make mistakes. And then they don't need to use the mother tongue, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, dro- I dropped something. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's uh, it. That's, that's the sign that I should probably wrap this up, monkey. Yeah, I think Thanks. this was a perfect ending to a good episode. You mean my... my um, um, yeah, vitamins. Uh, my my vitamins box dropping here. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it, it about sums up this episode. Yeah, <laughs> uh, be, don't be afraid to make mistakes because uh, Zdenek made a lot when he was starting, and look where he is now.
<laughs> Dropping vitamins. <laughs> exactly. Well, I hope this this episode of the Next English Podcast has been a wonderful vitamin pill for you, listeners. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some nutrition from it as well. And uh, I hope... Um, I hope you enjoyed my guest, Insane Monkey. Thanks very much for coming on again. And uh, if if um, this was fun for you, it might not be the last time. We'll see, Zidanek. We'll see. <laughs> That didn't sound very, <laughs> very enthusiastic. <laughs> uh, We could talk about... Don't, don't worry, Zidanek. I'll call you about it. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay, we could talk about 3D printing because that's what you are into, apparently. 3D printing, which I know nothing of. Uh, uh, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm the best at it too, but we are actually thinking about getting a, another 3D printer. But okay. uh, I'll save that for possibly a future episode. Okay, possibly. okay. Well, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks everyone for listening. And until next time, cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot for listening. For more information, go to Zdenex English Podcast Facebook group or visit zdenexenglishpodcast.podbean.com. Listening to podcasts can help you with your listening skills. If you wish to work on your speaking skills, join my brand new Discord group called Learn English Online. You will find the invite link on my website, teachesdenek.com, zep section 